Welcome to the She Recovers podcast. I'm Taryn Strong, co-founder with my mother Dawn Nickel of She Recovers. She Recovers believes that we are all recovering from something. And here on She Recovers podcast, we examine the healing power of connection and intentional living, as well as what happens in our lives when we put down our past stories and pick up our soul's true purpose. This She Recovers podcast episode, I had the joy of chatting with my friend, mentor, teacher, guide. Uh, I love her so much, Elena Brower. She's so many, so many things to me, and we had a really, really, really great chat. She shared about her recovery process from her marijuana addiction. She talks about how she was able to free herself from rebelling against herself and the idea or thoughts that she had that she was more organized, funnier, and more interesting if she was under the influence of marijuana. Elena also beautifully talks about the process of grief of losing her mother a few years after she had been in recovery. And we also talk about Marie Kondoing your environment and how beneficial that is for recovery. We also talk about our shared passion and recovery tool, the doTERRA essential oils. So many of you may know that Elena and I, we both are doTERRA wellness advocates. Um, and we have a She Recovers doTERRA group. So if you would like to order oils, if you'd like to join the group, the link is in the show notes. So please go there. Feel free to reach out to me, message me anytime. And I would be so happy to offer any guidance on essential oils for your recovery. And when you join our doTERRA She Recovers group, you have you have Elena and I as your mentors and as your guides on that journey. And it's truly one of our greatest pleasures and joys is sharing these oils with women in recovery. So we would love to have you. And in the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am sitting here and I'm tickled and I'm giddy and I'm a little bit nervous. Mm. I have one of my favorite human beings on the podcast today, Elena Brower. So thank you so much for being here, Elena. I'm happy to be one of your favorite humans. It's true. So a lot of a lot of the listeners probably know if if you know me, because I tell the story quite often that. Elena was on my vision board when I first started teaching yoga back in 2007. I was like, I want to be Elena when I grow up. And I had never met you, Elena. This was just through the yoga classes on Yoga Glow. So whenever you started teaching yoga at Yoga Glow, those classes just really shifted me and were really profound for me. So the fact that I, I call you a friend today and a business partner, we're partners in doTERRA and you're my mentor. I just, I pinch myself every single day and people always ask, what is Elena like all the time? Really? Oh, oh, all the time, all the time. And I say, she's the real deal. What you see is what you get. And <laughs> all of the amazing things that you think about Elena are a hundred percent true. And I really know that it's because you walk the walk and you do your work every single day and you are fully trans, like transparent and in integrity. And it's just so inspiring. So thank mm. you. You have 
shaped me and you have guided me to be the woman that I am today in my recovery, in my business, in my relationships, in life, the way I teach, the way I'm a student. So I just, I'm never going to stop telling you how much I love you and how lucky I am. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me truly. I'm having such a sweet, sweet moment here listening to you. Oh, thank you. Let's dive into it. Um, So what brought you into the recovery space, Elena? Were you struggling with a behavior or was it a relationship? Was it a past event? Was it all of these things? Was it something else? I was pretty over myself. At a certain point, I realized that I had been smoking weed every day for like a couple of years and I couldn't bear it for another moment. Mm. And I realized that every day I would tell myself that it was the last time and then it wouldn't be. And there were all the reasons why I should just keep going. And, you know, having the the smoke in my life, it made me funnier. It made me better. It, it was I was more organized. I was more interesting. I had every excuse in the book. Mm. And what I realized... Uh, at a certain point was that none of that was true. And it was a really sad state of affairs. I sort of stepped out of myself and saw myself one morning doing my usual routine. And uh, it was not a pretty scene. And I realized that I was the only person who was going to get me out of this mess. I had talked to so many different people in the recovery space about my burgeoning recovery and maybe someday. And, and finally the day came and it was time for me to own up and start to take agency in my own life. And it was just like that from one day to the next. It wasn't, um, I I don't want to say it wasn't hard because it was hard, but it wasn't a question by then. It was just what I had to do. There was no choice in the matter. There was no going back. There was no, there was no, no condition under which I would ever, turn my back on my recovery. And that was, that was that, that was in 2014 in uh, October 21st, 2014. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. And as you look back on your life since that moment, what does recovery look like for you these days? And what does your patchwork of recovery look like? Do you have daily non-negotiables? Do you have kind of monthly things you do, weekly things? You know, I don't really have a recovery specific ritual other than my meditation, which is, you know, not really recovery specific at all, but very much a part of my recovery. Yeah. Um, I would say for sure, essential oils figured in very prominently to my process, as did art making. Um, my first 40 days, I basically spent with Gabby Bernstein's book, May Cause Miracles, and you know, it had just come out. So I was figured, okay, (laughs) I'll just do this Mm -hmm. and, uh, and figure myself out as I go and let this be what takes up the time when I was formerly, you know, smoking up on the roof outside, if it was nice out or under the, under the sort of um, overhang, if it wasn't, but I was always up there. And during that period of time was, it's, you know, nine to 11 in the morning after everybody had left the house, it became this very holy, sacred, 
new feeling that time. So it was no longer this, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm teaching that simplify course right now for 2020. And there was a bit about under against whom are we rebelling when we do certain things. And I think, as I think back on that time in speaking to you right this moment, that there was such a rebellion, like it was a big fuck you to myself, my, my mother who's rest in peace, you know, gone for years. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a rebellion that wasn't needed. You know, there's nobody to rebel against anymore. Yeah. Um, but for sure that, that period of time in the morning of making my art, posting it. It's the first time I ever was like even remotely thinking about being on Instagram was to just post the art that I was making without mentioning recovery at all until many months later. Um, and, and working with the oils was a very critical aspect of changing my mind, literally and figuratively. They, they have a way of reprogramming our limbic reactivity. And so f- for me, at least, the oils were a huge part of the recovery. And I, I employed them whenever I was feeling like weak or insecure or doubtful that this was the right idea, even though I knew in my soul it was, um, they, they figured in pretty heavily. Absolutely. I can totally relate to that. For me, with the, with the oils, I know that in any moment I have the tool to completely shift my state, whatever state I'm in. If I'm needing something to calm or soothe, there's an oil for that. If I'm needing something to uplift, there's an oil for that. And, you know, there's the meme that says there's an oil for that, but it's absolutely true. And incorporating the essential oils, thank you to you for introducing Mm -hmm. me. You introduced me to balance and that changed everything Mm. and these oils were as profound for me as when I found yoga I know that no matter what is happening around me and I can't always change the things that are happening around me but I can practice a little bit of yoga and my state is going to shift or I can use an oil and my state is going to shift and I always love and really appreciate how you explain how the essential oils are really working on our nervous system and within our brain. So thank you for touching on that. Of course. Yes, I love that. Now, Elena, how are your stories about yourself and your life different now? What did your stories used to be or what did you used to believe about yourself and how did you move through the unknowing time where you may not have known what was true and what are the stories that you tell yourself about yourself now? Mm. Then I had some pretty interesting ideas that I I needed to be a little bit stoned or a little bit microdosed on on psilocybin chocolate to be interesting and credible. Mm. <laughs> I really had that story. It's so yeah. funny now to say it out loud, but I definitely had it. Uh, that's turned into, I am absolutely perfect as I am inherently imperfect, completely perfect. Um, and needing no alteration to, Mm -hmm. to be who I am and to be effective as a mom and as a leader, as a, as an artist, 
you know. Um, I had a story that I could never save money. And now I have a lot of savings. And um, the main purpose for really wanting to earn money in the first place was just to be more philanthropic. So now I have that whole effort happening, which is a beautiful thing. So I went from, I can't save any money. And obviously I could never give any money to not only can I save, but I can truly be giving in uh, a pretty significant way. And that feels really, really good. And then when it comes to parenting, you know, I'm, my story went from, I'm mostly good at parenting (laughs) with some really crappy moments to I'm a great mom. And like all great moms, we have wonderful moments and we have less than wonderful moments. And as long as we apologize and move through them with the child, not just by ourselves, but with, with the person that we're raising, um, we're great. (laughs) We're doing great. You know, that's, that's the story that I have now about parenting. Um, and I, lastly, I have, I had a story about who I was in relationship, which was, I was never going to be enough in my relationship. Um, I was, I was in a relationship where I actually wasn't enough for my partner and, um, and that turned out to be okay. And it turned out to be that I just wasn't meant for that person. But the story now is I am a really tremendous partner and I'm in a relationship that feeds me on pretty much every level in ways I'd never imagined being fed. And uh, that that's a big blessing. So yeah, the stories have changed significantly and the, the gratitude grows every day. Yeah. Shout out to James. Your word, word. So beautiful and so inspiring. I love when he's on the podcast listening uh, to you and your relationship advice. Very, very helpful. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a gem and we'll we'll do that again sometime soon, the two of us together. He he teaches me all the time about how I want to show up in this thing because I have so many impressions and, and long standing patterns, both familially and personally, that are being healed uh through this thing. Oh, so beautiful. And he got sober with me. I don't know if he I did. mentioned yeah, he did. Oh, I didn't actually know that. And it's wow. a little known fact, actually, but I was yeah. just, it just dawned on me that I should mention it to you since I know how much you love him. He, when I was getting sober from weed, I was never a drinker. I don't, I could give a shit about alcohol. It was not my yeah. thing. Yeah. But he was, you know, four times a week going out drinking with his buddies and one time a week unequivocally coming home just hammered for the first maybe month of our life together. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> this did not work for me at all. This is not who I know you to be. And sexy. Yeah. Not sexy. <laughs> so that ended as soon as I got sober, I, we met, and I think it was about five or six months later that we both just were like, okay, let's just be ourselves. Shall we? Exactly. Well, how beautiful. Yeah. And you know, we have a lot of women and the community asking, what do I do now that I'm sober and my partner isn't? Can I, mm. and the questions that they have, or how do I live with somebody who's, and it, you know, feeling sober with, it can be drugs or alcohol or anything. Right, right. Um, and a lot of women really struggle with 
with that. And I know for me, um, I just, I've tried being with partners who still use alcohol or drugs and I just, I can't do it. It's an alignment thing for me. And I'm only speaking for myself, but it's a total alignment thing. And I just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me, but. Um, I get that. I get that. I don't, I mean, if I, I, I don't, I, I hate giving advice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would say, you know, I feel like a good conversation yeah. and a, a good, honest dialogue with your partner about what your intentions are for yourself as you get sober. That's probably the best possible way to communicate. Exactly. Clear boundaries and just staying really true and honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned, you know, the the financial thing. You had this story that you could never save money and now you've worked through that. And I just want to mention, so I'm enrolled in your amazing program right now called Simplify. Are mm. you only offering it one time this year? Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a yearly a okay. yearly thing. So we'll have okay. it again in 2021. It's um it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Oh, I'm so happy with it. It's going to be one of the best things I've ever taken in my life. So listeners, put it in your calendar. 2021, you're going to want to take this course. And the module that we're on right now is module three. So the first module is structure. The second one is freedom. This week has been design. And you talk about money. And you shared in one of the videos that right now you are doing a six-month you're not buying a six month buying clothes hiatus because you're just you're sick of seeing what's going on in the landfills with clothes. And I yeah. love that. And thank you for that. And you've inspired me. What I'm doing right now, kind of the same but different. I'm doing one month of financial sobriety. So for the month of March, I'm going to start small and then build from there. I'm not going to buy any things. I'm not allowed to buy things. I could invest in maybe a, a course if something comes up that I would like to take. But in terms of things, I'm not allowed cold turkey for the month of March. And it's, it's what what's the date today? March 4th or something. And I have had to, um, you know, talk myself out of buying the silliest things. And the, the prompt that you asked, and you'll you'll be able to word it better than me. And if you, if you remember, it's the one along the lines of, okay, do... Do I want to buy this right now for me right now? Or instead, can I not buy this and invest in my future self? Pay my future self. Pay my future self. That's right. Yes, with the money that I would have spent. Exactly. And I love that. And thank you because I know, again, we have a lot of women in our community. We're, cu- we're in financial recovery, right? We're working through the destruction that possibly we've done in active recovery and now trying to work our way through and out of that. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful to you that I have, I have the same, same as you. I've been able to work through. I can't save money. I'm always in debt to being debt-free and now starting to actually make smart financial decisions. And it's all because of my recovery and, and being a grown-up and being an adult and, you know, the little things. Like now I open my mail when I get mail and – it's story that I used to have is that I would just ignore my mail and it's, it's the little things like that, but they're just really the big things, aren't they? I remember that you used to tell me that you would just ignore your mail. And I was like, that's something I never, ever did. Oh, it would just pile up and stress me out. Yes. From one table to another table. And oh my gosh, it was just, 
the mind clutter. And you also talked about how once a month you go through your bookshelf, you go through your clothing, you go through all everything in your house. Mm-hmm. And you just, anything that's no longer resonating that you no longer need, you donate. And I'm going to do that as well. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to share those because I think um, last Sunday, we had an online meeting in their in the rooms group. And the topic that came up was clutter. And how how much clutter, you know, our physical clutter can really be a representation of our internal clutter and how cleaning up our physical space makes such a difference for our recovery. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. I fully agree with that. Yes. Marie now, Kondo we- is my hero straight up. Oh, that's right. What does <laughs> she say if it doesn't spark joy? If it doesn't spark joy, say thank you to the piece of clothing or the piece or whatever it is. Literally, like say thank you. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for all that you've given me. And then set it to be given away. Oh, I didn't realize that part. That's beautiful. It's thank a very, you. it's actually a very important part. She starts with thanking the whole house. Wow. You have to watch her on Netflix because okay. once you've seen her go through the, the, the entire ritual start to finish once, you see that it is in fact a very sanctifying grateful ritual to the home and the shelter and all the things Mm. like the actual things um then she walks she sits down on the floor and she has this little way of like putting her fingertips on the floor and sort of making little circles on the floor just next to her on her knees and and thanking the space thanking the house for protecting the people thanking all the things in it for, for being there for the people. And then she starts with the clothing and she goes to the books and then she, and she like will wake up the books. She will tap on the piles of books and you can't even imagine you have to watch. Oh, I'm going to. It's so beautiful. She wakes up the books and then you go through the books. You only keep the ones that you're going to read again. Then you go to the kitchen, I believe, and you go through all the stuff in the kitchen and then you go to the rest of the rooms, the house, garage, et cetera. But watching her, you see that the, the amount of joy that you must have in order to keep something is a very serious amount of joy. And Mm -hmm. Therefore, whenever I look around my house now, as I'm doing right now in my little office space, everything brings me joy. Yay. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing extra. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for it sharing is. that. I haven't read her book or watched the series. So yep, yep, I'll yep. watch the series because I'm not going to buy the book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> watch it on Netflix. Girl. That's right. Perfect. Amazing. Right. Now, Elena, many women struggle to apply the words addict, alcoholic, divorce, trauma, or other words they may feel are triggering. So they maybe will stay in an old story for longer than they need to because they aren't having the language to move into a new story. So did you wrestle with certain words during your shift from your old to your new story? Or are there any words that you still struggle with? You know, I don't actually mind. You know, at some point, I've totally been an addict. At some point, I got divorced, you know, like all all these things really did happen to me. I'm not afraid of the words. Um, I know how I feel inside and I know how far I've come from those places and there's no shame to me. So I don't, I don't know. Sometimes semantics mean a lot to me. And in this particular case, Mm -hmm. they don't mean a lot to me because I know where I am. That's right. I'm really, I'm really just like here developing kind of a, 
an evolving good, good relationship with the center of myself so that I can continue to move forward in a good way, no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. Did you ever experience shame when you were in your active addiction or when you were just starting the path of recovery? Oh, for sure. I think uh, the moment that I think about is like sitting by myself on my roof hiding behind a, a little sort of half wall so that the camera, the building camera, the doorman wouldn't be able to see that I was, I was unrolling basically the end of a roach to re-roll it mm. to try and get more weed out of it. Like that, that really, I, I hope I never forget that because yeah. it really helps me to remember how far I've come, mm -hmm. you know, and that's probably the only place where if I were to try and pull shame out of my experience, I would probably, that's where I go in my, in my mind visually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even then I could have a laugh, you know, you kind of have to laugh like, oh. wow, I would have smoked your fingernail if I, <laughs> had, if I had the chance. <laughs> yeah, if there was weed under my fingernail, I would have smoked Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Light that thing up. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, that's, that's probably the, 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 the visual that gives me shame or gave me shame at the time. Now, even now it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely. I know we have to be able to laugh and you we have to laugh. Do get there. for those of you who are listening, who you're, maybe you're in it and you're like, nah, it isn't funny. I it's going one, you're going to look back and you're going to have so much gratitude and you're going to see how far you've come and, and you will have a giggle. You will. And the more annoyed you are right now, listen, yeah. <laughs> the more annoyed you are right now with this conversation, knowing that you have to deal. Okay. The more annoyed you are right now, the, the greater will be the satisfaction when you finally get a few days, months, years under your belt. Like start with the hours though. That's right. That's right. S start with the hours. One, One hour hour choice at a time and then one the hour next, and then the one next more hour <laughs> one go more hour early. i had to go like i still go to bed early get up early um that's yeah. so important yeah now, if you don't go to bed early there's a whole world of possibility that opens up that isn't isn't good yeah for me it's not it's a dangerous place yes late night dangerous place yeah <laughs> What advice would you give your your former self or what advice would you do you give to someone seeking recovery? I think what we just said, take it hour by hour. Oh, yeah. You know, there really is an entire world that hasn't been tapped yet by you. And that world can only open up when you remove the veil of the need that you think you have. Yeah. And when you remove that veil of this perceived need, you will see that there is like endless possibilities for your growth and your evolution and your wealth in every way, friends, family, financially, every way, artistically. Um, and, and it's important just to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're stronger than you think, right? De definitely stronger than you think. I, I, I was so much stronger than I thought I was. I had no idea that I could do this. 
Mm-hmm. No idea. I had such an impression that there was no way my chemistry wouldn't even allow me to be sober. You know, I needed pot to be normal. That was really what I thought. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Totally. Now, Elena, your relationship with your mom is so beautiful. I mean, as as y'all know, I have a very unique relationship with my mom as we're yes. both in recovery and we are we you know, this was just a passion project that turned into a, our business. So now we're mother-daughter and we're business partners and we've come a long way and thank goodness we both have our recovery or we would not be able to work together. For sure. And we also we have a great therapist who, you know, we she's like a couples therapist, but for my mom and I. So thank goodness for her. But I just, you know, mother-daughter relationships are just, and, you know, mother-father-daughter relationships are so special to me. But I, you know, I never got to meet your mother, but I just, I love her so much. And the way that you talk about Mm. her, anytime you talk about her and post about her, it's just, it's so meaningful. So thank you for, thank you for sharing your process with your grief and, and your loss and your love and your, what you wish you did and, and all of those things. And I'm not sure, did you, did you get, did you enter recovery after she passed away or before? Yeah, she, I was in recovery before. So I got sober in October of 2014, like I said, and then she passed in five years, six, no, I think it was just four years ago. January. So in 2016, okay. she got me two years sober, yeah. which was yeah. great. And do you have any tools or resources or advice about those who are recovering from grief, whether it has been a parent that they've lost or a loved one or, or anyone, but just any type of grief advice that you may have or things that worked for you? I think well, the oils definitely helped me too. I became very, very, very close with the console blend, the roller. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was actually sickening to me before she died. I did not like the smell at all. And and, and after she died, I went back to it. I just thought, well, you know, console. Let's see. And sure enough, it was full on medicine for me emotionally. You know, I'm just looking over at her picture. There's no amount of advice I can give to talk away your grief. If you're listening to this and you're feeling deep, heavy waves of grief right now. But what I can do is encourage you to do my, my, my personal practice, which is like, how can I collect all these disparate parts of my attention right the second? From thinking about my kid to like right now he's going through a thing with school. Okay, let me pull that in. Thinking about James, is he coming home later early tonight? Pull that in. Thinking about, I don't know, my business, pull that in. Get all my attention from everywhere. Pull Mm -hmm. right into the center of my body. Grief about my mom who, you know, we, we just had this conversation a few minutes back about I wish I could have done a few things differently before she died. Pull that in. Everything comes to the center right into basically what I picture as a bowl underneath the center of my chest within my body that sort of houses my heart muscle and everything to the right of it. Mm. 
And I, I pull all of my attention in and I just hold there for a little while and I let whatever is sensational, meaning big and overwhelming, quote unquote, overwhelming in my perception. I let it all just sit in the bowl for a moment. And in the watching of it, it's sort of like a lake that's just been um, run over by a motorboat where <laughs> the waves are really heavy and there's like little ripples in the, and then the ripples go all the way out to the shore and then eventually they stop. Mm. It's sort of like that. And I just watch that space until that happens. Wow. And then everything kind of quiets. The grief settles down. I know where I am. I know who I am. I know that I still am one of the luckiest people alive for feeling this loss because that means I had something so unendingly special and, and nourishing. Like she was an awesome mother. Like it doesn't get better. She tried so hard and, and all the way up until the end, she tried so hard to be great and present. And sometimes it was in a really fucked up way. And sometimes it was in the best possible, you know, storybook way, but she tried really hard. And, and when I let the grief settle in that bowl of my heart like that, I don't know how better to say it. It's not super sexy, but when I let it settle, I can feel all of that truth of how she she really did go for it. She really was uh, an exceptional parent. Mm. And wow. it passes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, I mean, just listening to you share that, that really beautifully, perfect, perfectly illustrates recovery to me as well, where we just bring in whatever is there, whatever surfacing, bring it to our center and allow ourselves to feel it and lean into it and honor it. And when we allow ourselves to embody it, then it softens. The way you just illustrated that is so beautiful. And mm. I thought I'm thinking of my mom and when her, so she, she entered recovery, you know, 30 years ago. And then 20 ish years ago, almost 20 years ago, when her mom passed away from leukemia, my mom, when she was right after was just going through her things, found my grandmother's um, medication. And so my mom for a few days decided to take the medication. And then she realized, thank goodness, she realized very quickly within a few days that she was, she was taking these, although she says she was taking them as prescribed. We laugh about that part. She was taking them to try to dull and numb the pain of losing her mother. But then she had that awakening moment when she realized, no, this my mom deserves and my love is so great for my mother that I want to feel this grief. I want to honor her by feeling it. So she... Um, luckily, you know, that was a two day slip or relapse, whatever you'd like to call it. But quickly she was able to realign and allow herself to lean into what was there for her grief. Mm. Goodness. I, yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing. I, I, that woman, I love that woman so much. God bless the work that you two do together. It's really very, very much, um, an aspiration. Uh, of so many of us. I know it. Thank you. We're very lucky. It's all, everything we do is it's a co-creation with every woman in our community. So yeah. we're all doing it together. Yeah. I feel that. Now, Alina, I feel so lucky. I, I've been able to witness a lot of them, but what dreams have come true to you since entering recovery? 
Um, well, first of all, the fact that I am leading a, 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 a very substantial global um, family of burgeoning leaders, that was never going to happen until I got into recovery because I wouldn't be able to face myself well enough to lead anybody, <laughs> not the least of which myself. I've um, created the conditions for being a homeowner, for uh, being philanthropic, for being a, a much better mom than I could be without being in recovery. And I think I've created the conditions for a, a really stellar relationship in my life, the kind that I couldn't have known before because I was hiding so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for, thank you for taking all the risks that you took and for showing up for yourself, which really in the end is just, you've just shown up for everyone in your life. And like I talked about earlier, your, your guidance and your mentorship for me, not only in recovery or as a woman, but in this essential oil doTERRA business has just been so meaningful and so impactful. And I just thank you for continuing to show up, which, yeah. you know, has just inspired me to keep showing up mm. no matter what. Mm, mm, mm. How, it's, oh, sorry. It's a, I was just going to say, it's really a great uh, privilege and pleasure to, to watch you take this on. Thank you. I have it's, to say it's, one of my greatest joys every single day. I wake up so excited and so grateful. And I just, you know, on a personal note, just using the oils all day, every day. It's just my, those moments when I pause, you know, first thing in the morning, I pause, which oils am I going to put in the diffuser? I'm already creating my state for the day. And then mm. every hour just applying the hour, the, the oils is just that moment where I pause. Okay, Taryn, what do you need right now? And then use, using whatever I need and knowing that it's exactly what I need and it works. Yeah, that's so true. Yes. Now, how important is community and connection to other women to you? I think it's everything. I think when I, especially when I teach about my business with doTERRA, one of the first things I teach people is that we have gotten so far away from uh, a circle of women sharing information about what works for us in our households. We've gotten so dastardly far away from that. And now <clears throat> our, our, our sort of main thrust as a team, and definitely myself as a leader, is to create the context for that to put, be happening again. You know, why, why have we gotten so far away from that? The, the, the way in which we can now start to gather and, and create the exchange of information and ideas will have a few effects. One is we'll be able to enhance our intuition. The more we hang out with other women, the better our intuition becomes. The more we have these conversations where we're encouraging each other to trust ourselves yes. and, the, and the ideas that come to us. Um, we're encouraging each other to listen to our hearts. That, that to me is everything. Another impact is that we're more healthy. Why? Because we have this little community of people who are, you know, with their eyes on us a little bit. You know, when you have that, it's a psych 101 basic um, concept in psychology where you're being watched. 
Mm. or you're, you're being minded. So you act in a certain way. You act perhaps a little bit differently than if you weren't being watched. That, in, that, that circling up, that gathering of women, we have an impact on each other, and that creates the conditions for uh, more care for ourselves. It's really weirdly simple. Um, it stops us from continuously kind of categorizing and evaluating and analyzing and, and keeps us in a space of femininity, of caring, of loving, of connecting. The, you know, I think the importance of the oils as it pertains to that effort cannot be underestimated. No. No. Yeah. It feels I, like a reclaiming. Every time I'm talking about oil, the oils or using the oils within a group or even just one other woman, it feels like um, I just feel so connected to my ancestors and my lineage. And it feels like a reclamation of something that was taken from us, not only the gathering of women to heal together, but the sharing of knowledge of the wisdom of the plants together. It just feels so powerful and it feels so big and so important. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. In the last module, I just thought of, and I'm wondering if you could just quickly talk about, um, you shared how our biology literally shifts to the, the biology to the people who we spend our time with. And you said mm. in a beautiful way. I'm wondering if you could quickly <clears throat> share about that. Well, it's a scientifically quantifiable truth that the people with whom we surround ourselves are constantly impacting our own, literally, DNA, RNA. Mm -hmm. And we have a tendency to, I mean, any if you're listening to this right now, listener, and you are in the throes of addiction, if you think about the people who are near you, probably you have a few who are also similarly in the throes of addiction. Yes. If, listener, you are now in recovery, you are establishing yourself or established in your recovery, and you think about the people who are surrounding you, most likely you're going to find that many of the people that surround you are probably in recovery and there are fewer people who are still suffering from the addictive tendencies. Um, it's, it's one of those gifts where you do actually realize at a certain point that you get to choose with whom you are surrounded. Choose well, keep good company, as my teacher Douglas Brooks says, because mm -hmm. that company is going to impact who you are. Yeah, indeed. How you show up, how we, everything, how everything expresses itself inside of you from your genes to your words, <laughs> genes, G-E-N-E-S, to your words. You know, those people that you, with whom you're surrounding yourself, they're going to have an impact on those things. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And my last question, and ugh, when people ask me, it's so hard because it honestly changes. It depends on the day. But Elena, what is your favorite essential oil? Why? Uh, how do you use it? Oh, I know. I know. I know. Damn you. Pick just one. <laughs> damn you. I think right now it's rose. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's the real rose. It's a really expensive 5 ml bottle, but I have... Uh, a great, great respect for this oil because it's such a, um, I want to use the word H-E-A-L-E-R. 
Right. Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I also want to be compliant and say that it's so incredibly supportive of literally every system in my body, mm-hmm. from nervous system to uh, epithelial cells. This, this oil is everything. Everything. It's super, super H-E-A-L-I-N-G. <laughs> so I have to say that's my fave. Beautiful. Yes. I was so excited when the rollerball came out and then I don't have the 5 ML yet, but um, I, I will soon. I yes. definitely will soon. I love that oil. Yeah. And do you mind, maybe we'll just wrap up. Would you mind talking about our doTERRA family and more about that? And for those of you who, who do know, but some of you might not know, like I said earlier, Lena and I were, were partners in our doTERRA business and I'm mm. so lucky. Anyone in our in our family, we have access to well, both myself as your guide. I love talking oils anytime and being your mentor and having one-on-ones. And we also have access to Elena and all of her beautiful and amazing resources that she's always creating so that we can continue to learn how to use these oils, why to use these oils, what they're doing on all the different levels. So is there anything you want to say about doTERRA before we wrap up for real? You know, I think I've said the 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 real piece, which is using these oils as a catalyst to come together as women, reclaim mm-hmm. our power in healing our families, empowering our families to stay well. Yeah. And taking our power back from giving it to so many different sources and other people that have no working knowledge of our family at all. Yeah. I think that's important. Um, One other thought comes to mind, which is the, per what you were saying about your, your love of this team and the effort that I make to make sure that this is a bona fide educational experience for people is important to note. If you're listening to this and you're like, okay, here's where I'm tuning out because I don't do network marketing. I don't do multi-level marketing. I had the same exact (laughs) disdain for this entire thing for years. And I was just going to be a user of the oils because they work and they heal my skin and geranium healed cystic acne on my face. It was very real and very debilitating. So many other things. Um, I, I feel strongly in my heart that if we have the opportunity to create a business wherein our success depends upon our ability to collaborate, educate, and continue to be a student, yes, we're in a great place. We are not in an office with vying for the corner office and vying for someone's attention and doing things that we don't believe in. We're actually sharing information that the world desperately needs about plants. And lest you are one of those people who is sorely misinformed about this growing and harvesting of plants, please know the entire structure and foundation of doTERRA is predicated on how we collaborate with villages all over the world that are in desperate need of our business. And we create the conditions for the land to be treated as holy and sacred. And we plant when and only when it is appropriate for that land to be planted. We give to every community. We take care of the people in the community. We take care of the plants with such diligence. We make sure that every single batch of oil is tested within an inch of its life. And we make sure that what gets to us, what gets to you as a consumer of this 
essential oil is the highest possible quality imaginable. There's no question about that. So when you think about the, the, the foundational aspect of this business, you can think about the quality, the, the integrity and the community. And it all comes together to have this, this very synergistic and nourishing impact on all the families with whom, at least with whom I am involved and with whom you're involved. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for that. I'm just so proud. So proud. Same. And there's really, you know, I've talked a lot about using the oils for my own recovery and my own wellness, but there's nothing more empowering than an example I have right now from this morning. Mama Dawn texts me, I've got it. I think I'm getting a sinus infection. What, what do I do? And I know she has all the oils because she's in our doTERRA family as well. Does she know about DigestZen for a sinus infection? No, I didn't either. Yeah, digest in. So you can dilute it or you can just roll the roller into your hand, put it all over your finger, put it right up your nose, but dilute it. Perfect. Straight digestion is too strong to go in your nose. Yeah. But if you dilute it well, <clears throat> for some reason it's been found that the the combination of oils in that blend are very efficient when it comes to supporting your body in resolving a sinus infection. Do you notice how I'm speaking? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, you don't want to say that it cures or heals anything, but what we can right. say, it's very helpful in yeah. supporting the body in resolving the, um, the infection on its own. The oils in digestion, I'm just quickly confirming that you have um, anise, Peppermint, tarragon, ginger, fennel, coriander. These are all antispasmodic, which is interesting. And they, they, they take some of the inflammation out. Um, and for some reason, it's been found to really be helpful when it comes to, to this situation. It's also obviously really good on the belly to help aid digestion. Mm-hmm. But to me, when I've heard this, and I've heard it from so many different sides at a certain point, and what I thought is, you know, Sinus is just stagnation. Yeah. Digest and works on stagnation, the digestive system. For some reason, it's also working in the same way on the tissues in your in your in your noggin. Amazing <laughs> your little head there. Of course. That makes yeah. sense. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Well Wild. how easy and empowering is that? Thank you, Elena. Keep me posted. Let me know how yeah. she does. I will for sure. Again, thank you for your time, Elena. Thanks for everything that you do for every single person who crosses your path. You are so Mm -hmm. generous in every single way possible. And we're just so grateful for you and all that you do. So thank you so much. Thank you, T. It's such a pleasure to love you and know you. Yeah, you too. Have a great day. Love you. You too, honey. Love you too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the She Recovers podcast. We hope you will share, rate, subscribe, and help us spread the word. You can always find out more about She Recovers, our intentions and guiding principles, upcoming events and retreats, recovery coaching, online yoga, and so much more on our website, sherecovers.co. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter so that we can stay in touch.